From the mind of Danny Atwell, Dark Charm Media's Fascination Street. Starring Paul Schroyer as Damon Holloway, Christopher Hangel as Rafferty, Emily McEnulty as Carrie White, Jesse Kirkland. As Roderick von Bismarck. And Dan McMcCloskey as the gatekeeper. Welcome to the linchpin of the Dark Charm universe. Damon Holloway couldn't make sense of what was going on. While in the Nexus Eternal, he saw a younger version of himself lying on the floor with what could be described as an atomic bomb slowly going off inside his brain. This was nothing he ever remembered happening before. In fact, there were a bunch of things that Rafferty filled him in with that seemed to be outside of his current timeline. Rafferty gave him the task of scouting out a location to see who possibly could have caused this issue. He knew why Rafferty sent him here instead of helping Carrie. It would have been too heartbreaking for him. He had gotten better with his grief, but a wound like Carrie's never heals all the way. It lives with you the rest of your life. Damon Holloway entered into the world walking into the Mojave Desert. His scanner moved to the roof overloading with Enochian Pyros. A voice came from below the sand. Noah's Azel, just checking in on you. A vision of a solitary man with long blonde hair, eagle's wings, and stained robes appeared above the sand with chains linking him to the ground. Azazel gazed longingly at Damon. How human of you. But I'm guessing this isn't a house call, as your generation would say. Where are the rest of your brethren? How should I know? I've been stuck here for a millennia, Watchmen. You should know this. You cannot feel them. Hear their voices? Let me enlighten you, mortal. I was drained of my pyros and stripped of my identity. For former princes, like I am, we lost the ability to inspire mortals. I am but a shell of my former power. It's impossible for us, Grigori, to break our bonds without the blood of a king and a heavenly choir weapon. All of those are really hard to get. 
But if you are inclined, you can expect the other Grigori's resting places. You mean prisons. At this point, what is the difference? We were loyal. We didn't do what Lucifer did. So we didn't get the abyss. But they stripped us of everything that made us. For what? Because we wanted to take wives and husbands? The Luciferians did much worse, and they were able to keep their identities. Sounds like you have a shit ton of sadness that no mortal man could tolerate. If I could kill myself, I would have done it a very long time. Moments later, Damon walked away from Azazel's prison, heading for a safe place to portal out. His suit went off. Rafferty came over the comlink. Damon, status report. It wasn't Azazel. However, I'm not entirely sure if it wasn't another member of the Grigori. Very well. I will give you the coordinates to all of them. Keep me posted. Other members of that faction will not be as passive as Azazel was. Damon disappeared out of the desert in an instant. Rafferty gazed upon the torpid daemon on the floor of the Nexus Eternal. Clotho came from the shadows and stood next to him. How is he? He's completely unconscious now. His brainwaves are diminishing. Pretty soon, his bodily functions will be affected by this. In a few hours, his heart will stop beating. Yes. And his other half, the female, do you think she will succeed in finding those whose signature this is? No, I do not. A silence came over both of them. Clotho broke the obvious silence. And before you ask yes, the master knows. Does he plan on doing something about this? It's all according to the master's plan. Flames crackled around Carrie, Juice, and Leif as all three stood in the middle of an inferno. The walls around them were rubble. Holes in the floor went down at least two stories. Juice lamented and Leif smiled mischievously while Carrie panted from the effort of the fight. Even though the suit supplemented everything she needed to fight, she still had to perform the actions. She had been giving it her all, but Leif hadn't even shed a drop of sweat. Fuck. Fuck! God! Oh, look at, look at this! Oh my god, shit! Look, I stayed out of this because it's not your fault. Your bosses sent you to either die or get seriously fucked up. But now, all my good clothes and my shoes have been destroyed. And look at our house! God damn it! Juice responded as he used his massive hand to pull out the flames on his chest, unfazed by the heat and fumes. <laughs> Last time! Why did you attack Damon Holloway? An interrogation? I thought we were flirting! Listen, normally, and I do mean normally, I would rip you in two like a bad phone book. And trust me, after all this, I'm seriously considering it. But as a morbid, just out there, fucking sense of curiosity. Who in the flying fuck is Damon Holloway? And what does he have to do with us? Damon was psionically attacked 
at Portakeli by someone with your Enochian Pyros signature. And flirting? Who flirts like this? I put you through several brick walls. Leif stared at her almost in disbelief. She doesn't know, does she? And don't be coy. We all know you like it a little bit rough now and then, don't we, watch girl? He winked at her and she visually recoiled from the question. Enochian Pyro's lady. You have your wires all the way fucking crossed and your sense of direction is completely fucked. Now that you're point fucking blank, go ahead, scan whatever you need to scan so we can end this and I can bill you for all my very expensive fucking wardrobe. Juice roared at her and stepped forward, knocking aside a flaming wooden pillar as if it weighed nothing. She obliged and kept her distance. Juice looked like a chained lion waiting to devour her or anyone else that got near him. Her suit scanned both Juice and Leif, and the reading came back different. She frowned at the reading. I... I don't understand. You're flowing with Enochian... Uh, no, sweetheart. He's flowing with it. I'm not. That energy exists in things created before creation. I was created much time afterwards. My baby is not your or anyone else in your immediate vicinity's problem. And I don't do psionic attacks, even though I am telepathic. Especially not in the port of Kaylee. I mean, have you spent five minutes there? Ah. <laughs> uh. Bunch of sanctimonious, holier-than-thou dickheads. Carrie was about to interrupt. She knew her mission was for good, and the betterment of all, but Leif continued. Either way, honey, you're in the wrong time, wrong place, and if you cost us a lot of money, we will expect recompense, or as the saying goes, there'll be hell to pay. Meantime, you may want to check your seals. Holy doesn't mean honest, and angel doesn't necessarily mean free she wanted to press the question, but knew the two were at their limit of patience with her, and anything further might actually get her killed. With an indignant huff, Juice ripped open a wall and picked the smaller man up like he was crossing a threshold with his new bride and leapt through the fire and smoke, disappearing from her sight and almost instantly vanishing from her radar. She began to hear sirens as the fire department was called most likely from a neighbor nearby. She exited the inferno and proceeded to walk toward Pa to an open portal. She stopped in her tracks to see Bismarck watching her, not in contempt, but almost in a pitiful stare. You knew, didn't you? Yeah. And I told you as well, but you didn't listen. Bismarck replied as he took out his pocket watch. Maybe, maybe next time you will. He disappeared. Pa put a hand on Carrie's shoulder. Come on, we need to get back. The signature is lost. I can't find it. There might be another way. Please, let's go. Carrie and Pa walked through a new portal back to the Nexus Eternal just as the firefighters finally showed up to the scene. Carrie returned to see Damon standing up talking to Rafferty. Carrie's eyes widened. You're okay! She hugged him immediately but something about Damon felt off. It was then she realized that Damon, her Damon, was still lying on the floor of the Nexus Eternal. This Damon wore a different suit, his hair was longer, 
and he seemed emotionally much older than her Damon was. The seasoned watchman held her for a moment and let her go. Hello, Carrie. It's good to see you. Carrie was confused, staring at this unwitting doppelganger. She turned to Rafferty. The signature went cold. Someone mimicked one to try and get me killed, and when I found out it wasn't real, I burned down a whole house. Let me guess. Juice and Leaf? Yes. That was their names. The seasoned Damon laughed, pulling his fingers through his longer hair. (laughs) I still get grief from them from this incident. They say my girlfriend has more balls than I do. Carrie tried to address the elephant in the room. So, in your time era, have I... Yes. You have been gone for a very long time. Carrie nodded as she turned toward the love of her life. I have hope that he will survive because you're still here. The last thing I want to do is give you false hope. It seems that what is going on is actually outside of the timeline for him. Me. You know. Have you run across anyone in your travels that can mimic Enochian and Pyra signatures? So far, all of our possibilities are running low, but I have one last place to check. Carrie, accompany him to his destination. He can take you there, much like Pa has been. She turned to thank Pa, but he was already gone. I never got a chance to say thank you. It's okay. He knows. Moments later, a portal opened and the seasoned Damon and Carrie stepped through a vast snowy wasteland. The suits morphed to provide heat and sustenance to them both as they looked around. What is the difference between your suit and mine other than color? Less restrictive controls, that's about it. So who are we seeing? Why did he send us here? This was the last of the Gregory. All the others are still in prison. And each of these angels possessed Enochian pyros. The closer they get to the snowy mess, the further that Damon was confused. I'm not getting any reading. What do you mean? Are you sure this is the right prison? He's supposed to be here! Carrie's suit began to get a reading. Wait a second. I'm getting a reading from the signature we're looking for. Oh no. Send me your reading. I want to see something. Carrie sent her information to him as his suit gauged the new information. He showed her his display. Your signature has three variables. One, Enochian pyros undiluted over time. Two, no presence of infernal energy with it, meaning this is not a demon or fallen angel. The last... This gives me the most fear. What? Damon stared into her eyes. Human. There's only one being on Earth that has all of these traits, but could fight against the side of righteousness, and that is Lilith. Carrie's eyes peered back at him with joy. Great! We know the signature. Then we can use it to disperse the brain trauma on you. I mean, on Damon. Whatever. These ramifications of this are actually quite dire, Carrie. Lilith found a way to release Coca Beale from his prison. You still keep her Damon, right? Right? Warning critical damage. Carrie's suit AI said as Damon's alert went off. He, he's dying! 
Let's get out of here! The seasoned Damon replied as he opened a new portal and they walked through once more. Rafferty welcomed them both back as they saw the younger Damon convulsing on the floor of the Nexus Eternal. I hope you have some news, Watchman. It's Lilith's signature, and Cocobeal is missing. Rafferty stared at both versions of Damon, but then settled his gaze on the seasoned version. You know what this means, don't you? It means that while there is an Anakian signature, she has the ability to alter it to whoever she wishes. This means that anyone who has been created before creation can alleviate this attack. Now that we know where it comes from. Rafferty walked over to the convulsing daemon and put his hand onto his head. His head started to glow as the energy that was in his brain was lifted out of him and dissipated into the ether. Carrie knelt down with him and grabbed his hands as the suit's AI informed her that the healing process had finally begun. She turned back to thank the seasoned daemon for all of his help, but he was already gone. Thank you, God. Carrie hugged Damon tight as tears came down her cheeks. She turned to Rafferty. This was a calling card, wasn't it? Lilith has been on the run for millennia. She was originally on the side of Lucifer, but this doesn't make any sense. I think her allegiances have changed, and she made a note of it by being at Porticale. How was she able to get there in the first place? She's not dead, and she would never be able to get past Fortress Pandemonium without being caught. I can answer this, Rafferty. She turned her eyes to see an angel with raven's wings with black robes, dark black hair, and alabaster skin. She had a mixture of dread, comfort, and cold rage come over her. Who are you? Well, I go by many names, but they all mean the same thing. Death. In these confines, you can call me Azrael. Lilith, that little creature, used my scythe to grant her access to the Portakaya. How did she get it? How does one get anything that doesn't belong to that deceit? She stole that from me when I was locked in combat with Hades. My suspicion was this was their plan all along. Damon started to regain consciousness, but was still fairly weak. What, what, what's going on? My headache is gone. He saw Carrie and immediately embraced her. I thought I wasn't going to make it for sure. He's <laughs> well, my love. It's a great fortune. Michael also came through the dark to the Nexus Eternal, his flaming sword sheathed. This is getting worse and worse. Agree. We need to speak with the three sisters immediately. Something akin to an earthquake shook the Nexus Eternal as all parties looked outward in confusion. The angels and Rafferty were on alert. What was that? Carrie tried to get Damon to his feet. Rafferty turned to them and was also confused. I don't know. But I think you two better go with Michael back to Porticale now. Can you hold the lamppost? He nodded as they concentrated as the lamppost was once again thrust into the Tellurian and wound up in a camp of angels waiting. Michael, Camiel, and Baruchiel's forces have taken prisoners. 
as Damon struggled to get his footing. Carrie addressed the heavenly host. They were also surprised to find that Azrael had joined them. The legions saluted their captains and Azrael as they walked among them. Greetings. We have returned. There have been some developments I'm sure of. You already know what has occurred in your adventure, Watchman White, and indeed it concerns us greatly. This is the only reason why we have taken prisoners from the Black Legion for question. Good. Maybe now I can find who has my scythe. I thought it would have heard it seemed to me by now. Damon and Carrie gazed upon a giant box that looked to be almost the size of a small apartment in the middle of the war zone. The soul bank has grown in size? It went from being the size of a large chest to now this monstrosity. And did you all feel the earthquake? We felt it. In the Nexus Eternal. They're getting souls from all over the universe pumped into this thing. No wonder it's getting massive. These souls could become defilers while in there. Damon finally got his strength back enough to walk with Carrie to the crowds of gathered angels. Several demons out of the abyss were surrounded in chains and angels. Michael unsheathed his flaming sword and pointed it at one of the prisoners. He had bestial features and looked as if it was a combination of a bat and a wolf, with leathery wings, greenish fur, and sharp teeth. Michael spoke to him in a language that Carrie and Damon couldn't originally understand, but the suit began to translate. You're going to tell us everything you know, right? <laughs> Camiel folded his arms and shook his head. We know, we know. This has been the whole conversation for millennia. But you will realize that whatever you do at this moment, we will not hesitate to send you back to the abyss. You will do so anyway. Good point, but it's better than being destroyed. Your name being unwritten in the fabric of creation. What is your game with this soul bank? How many times do I have to tell you? I told your lieutenants, and now I'm telling you, I don't know! Whatever happened took out my entire platoon! As if on cue, the soul bank began quaking and pulsing with energy. Azrael turned his attention toward the monstrosity. Damon looked at him. He's telling the truth. He doesn't know. How can you tell? He's a fucking demon! You haven't become psychic on me, have you? You see his face? When they first started interrogating them, there was no fear of the angels in his face. They babbled the best and the worst of them all. But look at his face in reference to the soul bank. It's terrifying. Damon walked in between Michael and Azrael. Fell Knight. Why are you afraid? What has gotten you so afraid since creation that you are acting like this? The demon looked to the soul bank but remained silent. That's all I need to know. This is true fear and trauma. Surprisingly, Michael and Azrael followed Damon's lead. Let us rid Limbo of this abomination. Carrie stared at the soul bank with concern, but didn't counter the actions of the angels or of Damon. 
Damon pointed his hands at the soul bank and created a cannon from his hands. Carrie stood next to him and did the same. Each angel began to shoot energy at the soul bank, giving it every bit of power they had. Damon shouted over the din of power being displayed. Azrael pulled away and laid his hands upon it. Power seeped from his hands as the souls within the bank seemed to cry out to him. Carrie could feel the pain, not only in the souls in the bank, but of Azrael himself, unable to give these souls solace. He then tried to decay it, but it wouldn't budge. His face didn't convey sadness, but frustration. My power has diminished slightly without my sight. It is even more imperative that we find my sight. And I do apologize. It is okay, my brother. I will end this. Michael pulled away and leapt into the air and readied his flaming sword against the soul bank. <sighs> the sword that defeated Lucifer at the fall would not dare be denied as the blade cut through the air and landed onto the outer shell of the soul bank. Power and fire radiated out as the blade struck true, as even the angels nearby felt the glory and devastation of the blow. But the soul bank prevailed to the horror and dismay of the Archangel. No way. That blow would have crushed a hole in the wall of Fortress Pandemonium. But it still stands. <sighs> it's as I thought. He stood up and inspected the sword. It was still intact, sharp, and still very powerful. But whatever the outside of this soul bank was made of, it was able to withstand the power of the sword. He turned to Damon and Carrie. This sadly now is reliant on you. How? We need to go inside and destroy it. <sighs> yes, you are correct, Watchman. You must go inside the soul bank to destroy it. You both have souls and can easily get inside. We, however, cannot. Wait, for all your power you cannot enter this? This monstrosity? But because we have souls, we can't? There are things the Master gave to humanity that he never gave to us. And with good reason. You will have to go in. But you won't be going in without help. Fascination Street, Episode 9, Unbelievable. Guest starring Josh Schroeder as Azazel and Cameo. Stace Yatwell as Clotho, the fate that was. Miguel Pedroza as Pong, Robert Juice Meadows, and Azrael. Danny Atwell as Leaf, and St. Michael the Archangel. And Max Hunter as Baruchiel the Angel. Songs featured in this episode. Fascination Street by The Cure. Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight by Cutting Crew. Ace is High by Iron Maiden. Special effects by Zapsplat.com. Copyright Dark Charm Media 2023. All rights reserved.